Welcome to the Gas Street Podcast. Our vision as a church is to be light for the city. We really hope you enjoy this message. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. I'm, I'm so sorry to interrupt your very precious time chatting. And I am so pleased to be with you today. And it is Team Sunday. Yes. It definitely deserves a week. Today is the day where we would love to encourage you to consider, if you're not already, um, throwing yourself into an area of ministry here at Gas Street Church by serving on a team. And it's important to say right at the start, this isn't just some kind of recruitment drive because we've got all kinds of jobs that we really need filling. But I'm inviting you today to participate in something far bigger, far greater, which is the ministry and the mission of Jesus Christ, the head of the church, to the city and beyond. Now, that sounds exciting to me, does it you? Yes, good. I'm glad to hear it. So as I have been reflecting upon teams this Team Sunday, I've been thinking about all sorts of teams that I have been part of throughout my life. And the one I'd like to share with you today, I think you might be quite interested in, is a team that I belonged to in my days at university, many, many moons ago, uh, when I joined a band. The band was called Coastal June. Would you like to see a photo? Yes, of course you would. Now, this is 1999, back in the dark age. Yes, I know. You might spot someone familiar there as you start to look at the photograph, yeah? Uh, This was the year I got my first mobile phone. I mean, that is how old I am becoming. So the photograph is taken with a very old school proper camera, which is why it's not brilliant quality. But let me introduce you for a moment to the band. So we're going to start at the left here, okay? This corner, that's Johnny. Johnny was our electric guitarist. He brought the colour, the dynamics to the band. Brilliant musician. Flipping along next to him, up at the top, is Andy. Andy was our keyboard player and one of our songwriters. Next to Andy is a 20-year-old me. There I am. And I was the singer in the band. Next to me is our drummer, Nick T. Nick T was an amazing drummer. And then in the kind of shadows at the back there is D. I don't really know why we did it like this, but we did. He was D, our bassist. Quite a quiet man, really dry-witted. We loved Stee. And then far left, right, depending on how you look at it, we see the very, oh, my, my very only, Nick Drake. Here he is. Here he is. Now, Nick founded the band, and sometime later, he found his wife as well. So this is how it all began. But let me tell you, when this photograph was taken, we were in our heyday. We were flying as a band. We were flourishing. We thought we were making really cutting-edge music. You know, we had bought a conked-out yellow van, and from our university halls of residence, we would get in this van weekend after weekend. We were playing Battle of the Band competitions and winning them around the country. We were playing all sorts of music venues. We'd go into churches and youth groups, but we'd play really big mainstream music venues. We played Leicester Square. We did all sorts of exciting things. We were having the time of our life. And then, one morning, we had stayed overnight at my parents' house between gigs. And we got up early in the morning to have breakfast. And as we wandered into the kitchen, there was a note on the kitchen table from Johnny. Johnny, number one there. If you want to put the photo back just for a moment, that'd be great. There's Johnny. And he said, guys, it's all got too much. I'm out. Johnny left the band. Ooh, 
Yeah, it's always Johnny. That's right, Tim. It's always Johnny. It's always a Johnny in a band, isn't there? Well, you know what? We were not going to let that stop us. We were just going to now have to be a band of five. Now, we missed Johnny. And what this meant was it actually put a little bit more pressure on my neck because suddenly he wasn't just the rhythm guitar. He had to become the lead guitar. He had to learn a load of riffs. So there's a bit more pressure on Nick, but we carried on. And then a few months later, Steedee, the bassist, met a girl. I know, I know. He met a girl. They got married. It's now starting to feel like the summer of 69, for those of you that know it. Jimmy quit. Jody got married. Yeah, that was it. And, of course, this put even more pressure on the band. Now, we were a team of four. Well, what this meant now was, because we didn't want to get a new bassist, we were like this little community. In fact, we did audition a couple and they just weren't up to the job. So now Andy, the keyboard player, had to become bassist and keyboard player. Now, I know that sounds really hard, but he did. It was just about that time, for the first time, where we were able to start tracking music. I didn't understand what was going on, but somehow, through his keyboard, he was playing the bass and he was playing the keys. So the pressure now was on Andy, but we were going to continue. Until a year or so later, Nick Drake, yeah, felt, by now we were married, by the way, that the Lord was calling him into full-time Christian ministry. I know. Oh, Lord. So I'll not forget the day we had to sit down with the keyboard player, Andy, and our drummer, Nick T, and say, guys, I'm really sorry to tell you this, but we're moving to London. We're out. And of course... Could the band continue with just two of them? Well, no, it couldn't. Game over. Coastal June ended. I know, that was it. Now, the point is this. When everybody plays their part in a team, the team can fly. It can flourish. It can fully function. When some people play their part but some don't, others begin to have to shoulder the pressure. It becomes a little more burdensome to some. And then... There's the tipping point where actually so many are not playing their part that the team can't function at all and it has to end. And it is exactly the same in our church. It is no different. The truth is I cannot function without you and you cannot function without me. Let's say that to the person next to us, shall we? Turn to the person next to you and say, I cannot function without you. Yeah, and you cannot function without me. Okay, that was meant to be very quick. You're taking too long. Stop talking. That was it. And I, oh, you're loving it. Yeah, you really can't. You don't need to have a whole conversation about this. Um, but you know, I'm not just making a motivational speech here. This is deeply biblical. This is the way we were designed by God to need one another, not just to bear with one another, although sometimes we have to do that but to need one another. He has made us and built us to be a people, to be a community that is interconnected. And we're going to go now into our Bible passage and hear this read. Now, it's a passage that's often used at a time like this, and I use it again shamelessly because it's perfect. It's the image of the church as the body of Christ. But today, I want to take us into the message version because it's really fresh, and I love how it phrases it. I'm picking a small section of this passage today. It's 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 18. So if you have a copy of the message, wonderful. Otherwise, you might like to follow this now on the screen. 
Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. Each of us is now a part of his resurrection body. Isn't that amazing? Refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. I want you to think about how all this makes you more significant, not less. A body isn't just a single part blown up into something huge. It's all the different but similar parts arranged and functioning together. If foot said, I'm not elegant like hand embellished with rings, I guess I don't belong to this body, would that make it so? If ear said, I'm not beautiful like eye, transparent and expressive, I don't deserve a place on the head, would you want to remove it from the body? If the body was all eye, how could it hear? If all ear, how could it smell? As it is, we see that God has carefully placed each part of the body right where he wanted it. God has carefully placed each one of us right where he wants us. And he's given us a part and a role to play in the body where he is the head, Jesus. Now, there are two key things I want to draw out of this wonderful passage. It's great, this version, isn't it? Isn't it great? There's some great phrasing this morning. Firstly, if I can have the first part back up on the screen. It says this. We've said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We've said goodbye. So when we became Christians and we entered this life of faith, we entered a whole new mindset, didn't we? A whole new kingdom. And the painful and brutal part of being born again into the life of Jesus is that we have to surrender. We die to ourselves. We give up so that we can embrace the fullness of the life of Jesus and his calling, his purpose, and his mission in our own lives and to the society around us. Now, that is a big thing to do. It's hard. But part of that act of surrender and dying to ourselves means we say we are no longer independent. This is actually really against human nature and everything, really. From the moment we're born, you only need a toddler to know we are born independent, we want our own way. But actually the Bible passage in this translation says, we no longer call the shots. Jesus is the boss. Jesus is the head and he calls us into a life of interdependence. And for some of us, that is going to need a bit of laying down in those areas of our lives where we still feel actually we do get to call the shots a bit but when we step up into the body and we serve, it is a statement, almost a piece of activism against that old life, that old way of in independence. And it's saying yes, it's being obedient to the call of Jesus to live an interconnected life. And you know what? Jesus is our role model. What's amazing about this is Jesus himself, all God, fully God, comes to the earth 
And of course, he could have done it all on his own. He could have healed the sick. He could have raised the dead. He could have turned water into the wine without the help of anybody. Of course he could. He's fully God. But he's also fully man. And if Jesus has been wired fully human as well, God has wired him to need others. And so what does Jesus do? He calls together a motley crew of 12 disciples. He calls together a team. And I'm sure at times they were annoying and frustrating. It sure sounds like it. They got it wrong. He had to show them stuff. They didn't even really get who he was. But he worked interdependently with them. And it wasn't just that he was coaching and showing them how to live. But if we read scriptures carefully, I've been thinking about this this week. There were times he was hungry and he said, will you feed me? He would go to Martha and Mary's home to receive hospitality. In the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus had to face the cross on his own, he said, will you stay awake and pray for me? He needed them. And if Jesus needed people, we need one another. I can't function without you, and you can't function without me. Now, can I have a round of applause for one member of our youth, Simeon. I'm going to ask you to come up here now. Now, Simeon, come to the stage. Simeon has been particularly kind today because he should have been going out to youth now. It's an exciting Sunday. So thank you for serving this meeting today. We are grateful. Uh, So are you a Man United fan? Come on. Yes, of course. Come on. Any other Man United fans in the room? Yeah. Oh, in fact, my husband is. Nick Drake will be very happy today. Um, I have asked Simeon to come on the stage because I heard a rumour, Simeon, that you can do a few little football tricks. Are you up for showing us now? Come on. This is, he's being super brave. What can you do? Come on, let's show us. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. Oh. Oh, no, go on. Try again, try again. This is very impressive. Oh, come on. any keepy-uppies? Can we get anything else going, Simeon? Here we go. Let's. Come on, Simeon. Come on, you got this. Yes, 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 yes. I mean, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, come on. That's it. Big round of applause. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Can I keep the ball a minute? Can I keep the ball? Now, <laughs> I, I mean, I couldn't have attempted any of that. Thank you so much for being brave and coming and doing that. Now, the thing is, It's cool, isn't it? We've got boys with footballs and they like doing stuff like this in the back garden. It's really cool having a few tricks up your sleeve like this and learning to do keepy-uppies and tricks with a football. At the end of the day, this is a football. A football is meant to be played in a football game, yes? (laughs) And in fact, that's where the true joy comes. It's cool having a few tricks on your own, isn't it? But the joy comes with the camaraderie and the community of team. That feeling of scoring a goal and getting a win. That's what football's all about. And sometimes our faith can be a bit like a keepy-uppy. Sometimes, particularly maybe when we're new to faith, it can be so exciting, can't it? It can almost feel like we've got this bag of new tricks. We can pray. God's with us all the time. Wow, we can worship. Maybe we've been filled with the Spirit and we're learning to pray in tongues. And actually, God's cool and he can answer prayers and it's exciting. And it can become a bit of an us and God thing. But the point is... Our faith, like this football, is meant to be worked out and lived out and played out in a team with a community, with others that will sharpen us and encourage us and will be with us as we shoot that goal and we pursue that mission, which is the mission of Jesus Christ. Right, he's gone. I was going to throw the ball back to him. Here you go, Tim. 
There we go. Right, so, yeah, I know. Don't show off, Tim. Okay, right. So, do you want to come up, Tim? Do you want to? No, we're short of time, he's saying. Of course, of course. So, point one, we have said goodbye to our partial lives and serving on a team is a statement that we are in the kingdom business, the body of Christ, together. Point number two, I love this. It says this, I think on the next slide of the Bible passage, please. It says, I want you to think about how this makes you more significant, not less. I think this is really countercultural because if we think about significance and how we've been raised, we probably would all, if we dig in, think that we get significance from our own personal achievements, where we end up. Living, working, how we look, all those kind of things give us personal significance. But actually, this is saying you will get far greater significance by joining in and leaping in to the body of Christ. This is where we truly can make an impact. There's something bigger going on. Now, I've got another example to show you here. I want you to look at this little guy in my bag down here. One sec. Here he is. I know you can't see him very clearly, but we've got a picture of him. This is Lloyd. Lloyd's a Ninjago. Anyone have heard of Ninjago? Yeah, few of you. Yes, over there. Levi, our six-year-old, is really into Lego Ninjago at the moment. And two weeks ago, he bought a set of Lego, and this is little Lloyd. And Lloyd is really like any one of us living his little Lloyd life, right? He has all sorts of things, but I'm not going to tell you all about Lloyd and his life. That's not quite relevant. But there we are. But the cool thing about Levi's, Levi's Lego set is that Lloyd came with this. A mech. This is called a mech. If you don't know what a mech is, it's like a big robotic body. There he is. And Lloyd can get into this giant body. There we are. There we are. There we are. He gets into his mech. Now, what can Lloyd do? Little Lloyd is now big Lloyd. He's got this big body. Little Lloyd can now take on the dark, evil baddies in Ninjago. He can defeat the darkness. He can do so much more in his mech than he can do on his own. And we, our little part that we play, when we put it into the body of Christ, when we leap into the mech of Christ, into the body, oh, the impact we can have as a collective is so significant. Because Jesus is the head and the face of this. And let me tell you what that means at Gastreet. Like, let's just apply this for a moment. God is doing some incredible things at the moment through Gas Street Church. It's the work of God. It's utterly incredible. When many churches are struggling and we need to pray for them post-pandemic, Gas Street's thriving. God is doing so much. I just want you to think for a moment. Gas Street is actually reaching thousands and thousands and thousands of people every week. Not just in our physical locations here, but online. We love you, online community, and we're so thrilled that we get to minister to you. Many of these people that are watching us can't get to church for a whole host of reasons. But they're being encouraged and built up and being made to feel part of a community of believers through our production team and all that's going on behind the scenes. But not only our gatherings, Gas Street Church through Gas Street Music is getting into homes and car journeys. And as people run and jog down the street, they're listening to these songs and it's encouraging them and building them up in their faith. 
and through worship for everyone, the songs that Nick and I write. These songs are going into schools all around the country. They're going into little children's hearts and minds and discipling them and teaching them truths about God. This is all through Gas Street. And then we've got Love Your Neighbor. I mean, I, I can't even list all the incredible missional work that is going on, that's setting people free from debt, that's feeding the hungry, that's working with vulnerable families. And it's just the start. Esther Ray has been employed to head this up. She's phenomenal. She's got so much vision. God is going to do more and more through Love Your Neighbor. And then we've got the kids, the youth. Martha has shared this morning so beautifully and opened our eyes to all that's going on in those groups I mean, there are so many more groups that I could mention, but that's thousands and thousands of people. This is the mech. This is the mech. This is the body that we all get to play our part in. This is why when we play our role in this big beast of Gas Street, this body of Christ, our lives gain so much more significance. And I don't know about you, but I have had many times in my life when I've thought, what on earth am I doing? Do you get that? That feeling of insignificance? Nick and I reckon it happens every decade. Yeah, there's a, there's a midlife, it's not just a midlife crisis, there's a decade crisis of what is my life about? What am I doing? Am I really making a difference? Is there going to be a legacy? Well, the truth is, that is not on you. That is on Jesus. And when we leap into the body of Christ and we play our part, we will have a legacy. We will make a difference. So, there's stuff that can stop us, isn't there? And actually, I want to start, before I say anything about this, by saying that in any human body, there are times and seasons where parts of the body need to rest. If we break a limb, we need to let it mend. And we're post-pandemic, and many of us are fatigued and tired, and it's hard getting going again. There are seasons of life where members of the body need to not serve, and that's really important and you need to be released into that fully without condemnation. But actually, that's why this morning, this message is all the more important. Because those of us that do have capacity and do have time in our lives at the moment, really do need to step up so we can support those that need to rest. Everyone needs to play their part. So what are some of the things that can stop us? Well, look at this slide here. There's a list of big words. And again, I bring this with no condemnation, but just to ask Holy Spirit, would you speak to us if any of this stuff is going on in us, preventing us from getting on board? I've mentioned independence already, and it may be when I was speaking earlier, for some of you, you just felt a little bit challenged by that, thinking, yeah, actually, I do still like to call the shots. I just need to surrender a bit more to the mission of Jesus. But insecurity can get in the way, can't it? Which is a little different from insignificance. It comes with that kind of anxiety of, am I good enough? Will people like me? I don't know if they need me. And you know, if that is something you battle with, I would urge you to be brave and come forward and sign up and just let you as love you. You know, these teams aren't expecting anything of you other than that you'd come willing to serve and you'll find love in those teams that can be very healing. So if insecurity is an issue for you, don't let it hold you back. And at the other end of that, I guess some of us have to face the fact we might suffer with a bit of pride. I'm a bit too big for this. You know, I've been around church for a long time. I don't want to serve the coffee. I don't know, for some of us, that might be a thing. Just leaping ahead to comfort. I think this is a really big one, isn't it, when it comes to service, because it is really costly. You know, I've had a big season of life when I was raising little children and couldn't really serve in the way I can now. 
and then was working in another area of ministry. And so it was really hard to be on team on a Sunday. But I've recently joined the worship team again. And last Sunday, when I had to set my alarm for 6.30 and be at St. Luke's to rehearse at quarter to eight, I thought, this is costly. This is why it's quite hard sometimes to serve. But if you had asked me at lunchtime last Sunday, do you regret the cost? I'd say, no. I was filled with life and joy as I saw people encountering God. And I'm sure all our worship team, you know, they're amazing. They get here early when we're not here to rehearse in the unseen places so that our wonderful worship times can happen. Yes, the cost's great, but so is the reward. We're part of something bigger. And finally, passivity. Again, there is a fatigue over our nation, isn't there, post-COVID. But it can lead to a bit of a slump. And for some of us, we may need to challenge ourselves to say, okay, I've just, got to, I've just got to say yes and make a decision and step out of this passivity. I think passivity might creep in in a big church like Gas Street because we do look like we've got it all together, don't we? We're amazingly resourced. We've got an incredible comms team, so many skilled people. God has blessed us. But the truth is we really, really need you. We really do. Don't be fooled. We really need you. I'm going to come on to a few harsh stats now. Actually, there's one incredibly encouraging stat to start with. Currently, on our database, those who call Gas Street home, I wonder if you can guess how many people there are. I think this is amazing. 1,636 adults call Gas Street their home. Praise God. Yeah. The church is dying in so many places. And you know, if we add our children and our youth into that, we are almost at exactly 2,000 people on our database. Now, we have got currently 381 people serving on a team. That's 23%. Now, I don't know how you respond to that. When I, when I read it, I was gutted. I was gutted for so many reasons, not because I, I felt all judgy and condemnational. I was gutted because I thought, oh my goodness, so many of our church are missing out on being part of the body, on community, on having this significance of being part of the mission of Jesus in this place, at this time, in this city. Oh, it makes me so sad. And of course, if we just think back to my image of the band, what that means is there are a few people shouldering a lot and that is the reality at the moment. We've got some people, and we want to thank you this morning, that are shouldering a lot, that are here. I went into the kids' teams a couple of weeks ago. There are students that get up every Sunday to go serve on kids. You'll never see them in here. And then they come back and worship in the evening. You know, that's costly and incredible. But you know what? Some of them, they want to sometimes come in here and worship. They don't all want to be on every week. We need more of the team to get mobilized. At the moment, we need to double our hello and welcome team. I mean, these are big stats, so don't think we don't need you. We've got about 77 people on our hello and welcome team, and we could do with about 150. I mean, that's a lot of us, isn't it? 
because we've three locations, because sometimes people get sick, because sometimes people can't commit every week. And so if you love people and you love God, you could just get on the Hello and Welcome team today. We would love to invite you into that community. You know, we need people on kids, on youth. It's desperate. Even this morning, we had 10 kids waiting that we couldn't accept into kids groups because we don't have enough people serving. And what's had to happen again and again is staff members are pulled in. Now, I am not guilt tripping you. I really am not. I just want to inspire you to get on board and urge you to get in the mech, in the body of Christ. Let's be in this together. Love your neighbor. There's loads going on there. I can't list it all. But if you are passionate about mission and evangelism, grab Esther Ray, sign up, and we will give you a job. Now, if you need any more persuasion, um, you just need to watch this final little video that I'm going to show you now. We have interviewed a wonderful member of our church. Many of you will know her, Grace. She stands out there welcoming people in week after week. And she's just going to share with you now her testimony of being on a team. Let's watch this. So I'm Grace and I serve on the Hellebon Welcome team. It's just welcoming people into God's house. It's just a smiley face on the door. It's serving people tea and coffee. Yeah, so you need no qualifications whatsoever. You just need a smiley face and a love for God. That's all you need. So Jesus paid the ultimate sacrifice on the cross. And as an expression of gratitude, I can't help but want to serve. Um, like he calls us to love one another and serving on a team is like the easiest expression of that. Um, and it's just such a privilege to be able to get alongside people. It could be that they've had an awful week and they just needed a friendly face to go, how you doing? I always thought it was rubbish on team Sundays where they would say, oh, it builds a sense of community. Um, but it's so true. You get to meet the most amazing people um, and have some really deep conversations while serving. So. One of my favourite moments was when the boards were introduced to stand outside with that say, welcome, like so glad to see you. I was so against it. I was like, I am not standing out just off Broad Street on a Sunday with a board that basically says we love you. Um, but now it's become my favourite bit. It's so fun and um, just the kind of looks that you get from passers-by and, and start conversation starters. Um, so the worst bit has now become the best bit and I love it. The family of God only works when everyone jumps in and everyone serves and there is a place for each and every one of us to serve. We always say that the minute you put the lanyard on it's a superpower and you've got like this super confidence and, and boldness and it's so true. If I have to represent myself I'm rubbish but if I have to represent God it's a whole new ball game and he's given me a family, he's given me a sense of belonging where I never had it before um, and he says it's okay to be a bit broken, he's going to get alongside that, he's not going to run away with that uh, but he's going to use it. The minute you show up with your little he'll turn it into a lot um, so don't be worried, just jump in and uh, give it a go. It's brilliant isn't it? So as I come to the end, let me remind you, I can't function without you. You can't function without me. And when we do come together, we get to shine the face of Jesus to the world. So let's jump in. Amen. Thanks for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out. 
If you want to find out more, visit our website, gastric.org, or follow us on Instagram at Gastric Church. Gastric Church.